The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, one of the characteristics of mindfulness meditation, mindfulness practice, is to notice what's happening as it's happening in the present moment. And uh, with that kind of simple instructions, it, someone, it, might not, it might not occur to someone to notice what is not here. <laughs> um, and, um, but the, uh, sometimes the absence of something is a very important thing to notice. So, um, now if you're going to notice the absence of everything you can possibly know that's absent, you're going to be here for a long time. But, uh, but certain things, it's very, very valuable to notice, oh, those are not there, here anymore. And then to be nourished by that, but benefit, benefit from it, to have wisdom because of that, to see more clearly, to have understanding. Because, oh, it's, this, this is what it's like for it to not to be here. So, um, uh, you know, uh, some of you might have had the experience of the uh, refrigerator humming, for a long time, and you don't you didn't notice it, except when it went off. Oh, that is nice. I didn't I didn't know. You know, it was actually a little bit stressful to have that. This is really nice. This is relaxing. And then to realize that that you don't have to always live with the refrigerator on. You could, and it's actually quite nice not to have it on, and how at least temporarily it's so refreshing uh, to have that. So in the instructions um, uh, that the Buddha gives for practice, he does talk about noticing the absence of things. So if you're angry, don't just notice uh, the anger, but when it goes away, notice the absence of it. What is that like? What does it feel like in your body, in your heart, in your mind? Uh, What can you learn from the absence of it? Uh, Sometimes if it feels really nice not to be in the grip of something, that, it, that knowledge of the, how good it feels becomes a reference point where people decide, you know, I don't think it's worth being angry. The cost-benefit analysis does not come out in my favor. And so it's so clear that it's detrimental that some people then are able to drop long-time resentments because they know that not having it is so much better. But they had, had to temporarily uh, 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 stop in order to kind of get that benefit. Um, and um, one of the very powerful uh, lessons from the ceasing of things, cessation, is that some of the things that have troubled us are not permanent. They're not hardwired in. Some of the tendencies of the mind, some of the habits of mind, some of the ways we have of you know, operating or thinking or attitudes, um, once we see them uh, fall away, temporarily at least, so, oh, it doesn't have to always be that way. I don't have to always be afraid. I don't have to always kind of be looking uh, out for myself and protecting myself. Um, I didn't even know I was always doing it. But now I can know that I'm actually safe in some situations, dropping it. This is great. The absence of fear feels great. And so, so to know that it doesn't have to always be the way you thought it had to be, because it ceased. And, um, and so, if we rush off in mindfulness just to notice the next thing that's present, 
we won't notice what it's like to have something gone or have something stop. So ceasing is an important part of this. So as the fading away develops, grows, then at some point, uh, whatever it was that you know, we were preoccupied with um, drops away, ceases, uh, stops. And uh, occasionally something might f- uh, stop completely. And um, I remember once a retreat where someone did a short retreat with me and she came back a year later and said, ever since that retreat, I've stopped complaining. And I thought that was pretty cool. It's, it's been 20 years now, so I don't know if she started up again, but, but uh, you know, there was a kind of, there, there's some, something happened to her where there's something dropped away so fully that uh, for a year that afterwards, that this common tendency of her to live her life complaining about things fell away completely. And, um, and sometimes things fall away short time. We know it's possible to have it fall away, and that becomes a guiding star. A, you know, a guiding compass for us. Oh, that's possible, and it's a worthwhile direction to go. And so, when the when the letting go is very deep, then uh, 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 that becomes for some people a clear sense. Oh, that's what Buddhist practice is about. Now I know where I'm going. It was also vague before enlightenment or freedom. It's like, yes, of course I want that, but I didn't know what that meant. But now I have an experience of a letting go that so meaningful, so important. And it faded, it disappeared after a short while, but now I know. And now that's the guide, that's the guiding star for me. The practice is about that. And now I have clarity about what the practice is, it's inspiring for me, and I know what, you know, what, you know, I kind of know what the territory is in a very different way. That you couldn't know if there hadn't been that cessation, that full letting go or ending for something for a while. So as, now we're talking about, we're up against the 15th of the 16th step. So this is a whole process that people have gone through. So it's not like you can just sit down and overnight decide, you know, let things go once and for all. But there might be ways in which small steps of cessation, small endings of things uh, are educational or informing or give you a sense of possibility and an inspiration, uh, sh- uh, shows you some of this value. And so it's sometimes it's helpful to take a little bit of time when something has ceased to appreciate that, to understand that, to see that. And it could be as simple as you're thinking about something during meditation and you're not that wedded to your thoughts and so you let go of it. What is that like to have let go of those thoughts? Is there a little more space in the mind, a little more peace in the mind, maybe a sense of openness or a settling or a relief? You know, what is that like? What happens with the absence of that, those thoughts? Um, and, um, or it could be that you had a, an emotion and that emotion somehow faded away and by the end of the sitting, it's no longer there. And what is that like? Or the tiredness, what's that like to have that fade away and cease for the time being? And there can be, a, so there can be a lot of small endings here. And then what is that like? And I'll say one more thing about what, why it's important to do this. 
is that for some people it's frightening, the idea of having things come to an end. They're so familiar with it, it just seems like they're, you know, the other side of it is nihilism, it's nothing. But if you start uh, spending time with the cessation of things and see how nice it is, (laughs) you are left with something. You are left with uh, freedom, with peace, with um, well-being, with goodness. You're left with a possibility for the uh, for wisdom to arise and be there. Um, it's, it's, it, you're not left with nothing, even though you're not left with yourself. <laughs> you can like possible let go of oneself fully, and uh, and the ideas of self fall away, but you're still kind of left with yourself, and uh, it's quite lovely, and nice. This this new way of being. Make some sense? Okay, so let's do our last meditation. I'll say that the the word, the Pali word for cessation is niroda. And niroda, uh, the roda, uh, at least if you look it up in the dictionary, means uh, obstacle. And ni means without. So without obstacles. So you don't get that same feeling with the English word cessation, which seems to more imply the ending of something totally. Whereas the niroda seems, and maybe in Pali, to imply um, no more obstacles. Isn't that, I, I like that. Yeah. Niroda, N-I-R-O-D-H-O. A, A, Niroda. N-I-R-O-D-H-O, A. Okay, so, sitting upright, closing your eyes, and then checking in with yourself as you sit here. always useful to re-familiarize yourself with yourself as if everything is new, as if you're starting completely fresh without really a lot of memory associations from the past. You're here to discover this this moment, how you are. So we'll sit here quietly for about, in silence for about close to 10 minutes. And then I'll offer you some 
guided instruction.
And as you're sitting here, see if you can become aware of the stillness that's in the room. stillness which is just beyond the edges of your body and there might be stillness within you as well even though there might be sensations and movement in your body is, is there also the presence of some kind of stillness there as you sit here a little bit of quietness quietness of the room quietness in your body and mind even if there might be some noise is there quietness as well And in this room, there's lots of space. High ceiling. And even with your eyes closed, can you get some sense of spaciousness? Breathing room. There's lots of room in your mind and your awareness. Relaxing any tension or holding in your mind. Letting go of your thoughts. And as you let go of the thoughts, let go into the stillness and space and quiet that's here.
And as you're sitting here, is there the absence right now of some specific preoccupation, concern, trouble that you've had? There's anything which is seems significantly absent. And what is that absence like? What do you feel or experience instead? Given that it's not here, what's the absence like? And if there's something significantly absent, something, some trouble or challenge you've had with your emotions or your thoughts, and it's not here right now, what wisdom comes from seeing its absence? What lesson is in it for you? And in the present moment, as part of your present moment experiences, 
What opportunities are available to you because of the absence of your concern, attachment, preoccupation? What can you connect to better now than you could when you were preoccupied? And as you're sitting here, perhaps feeling the quiet, the stillness, perhaps some peace, just being here. What more can you let go of? What more can you release yourself from? more can you allow fade away?
so. What was that meditation like? What was it like to kind of maybe explore a little bit the world of absence, the world of cessation, what's not present? Hi, I'm, my name is Jay, and um, one of the things that I noticed is that it's not morning. It's the absence of, there's no morning left, it's afternoon. And I, and I always tend to feel that I thrive in the morning. That you're what? I thrive in the morning. Uh-huh. In the afternoon, I kind of fade away. So to me, it was, um, it was a really great experience to kind of be aware of the afternoon and all of that, all of what that connotates to me. I was also able to, I'm going through an experience where I, I left my job six months ago, and now it's gone through a long cycle where it's now just coming to an end. So one of the things I noticed is I don't have a job. <laughs> and actually I'm very happy about that. It was a, it was a good decision. It was a, I was in a situation where there was a lot of organizational conflict. So I was able to enumerate a long list of things that are absent. There was stigma, conflict, expectations, many, many things that actually I'm kind of free of now. Mm. And uh, to me, that was really beneficial. So it was wonderful to have a quiet place in this meditation today to enumerate those mm. and to become aware of that absence um, and then invite the quietude and peace of meditation into that absence. Wonderful, thank you. peaceful not to have any thoughts at all. So not only do particular thoughts fade away, but to have thoughts in general fade away.
So there was a joke about. Say, say your name. Oh, this is Raghu. There was a joke about these uh, two, uh, basically workers who worked in a ship, the, and this was like an old steam engine ship where they had to put the coal. So they were they were working there, and one night they were both sleeping, and the engine broke down, so the noise stopped. And uh, one of the guys, he woke up and like, what was that? And the other guy said, no, it's the sound of the silence. Because that was the first time there was absolute silence. Um, so for me, it was uh, very similar. Like I had some kind of tax anxiety going on. And it was almost like a make-believe world in which everything goes wrong in every way possible. And after <laughs> this meditation, I realized that was not there. And that wasn't there before I had this tax anxiety, and I didn't notice that. So it's good to notice how it is not to have it. Mm -hmm. So it serves as a reminder of how it can be to not have that kind of make-believe world yeah. <laughs> in which things go wrong. And maybe you're less likely to be pulled into a make-believe world if you know there's an alternative that feels good. Yeah. Great. Thank you very much. The stillness was so sweet. And then when you said, um, what else can you let go of? Um, there was something that I had been ruminating or concerned about. And as it ceased, it's like the stillness entered that space and took it over. Mm, nice. Very nice. I guess every month I'm just so um, amazed at what I'm able to hear of what you say. Um, and I always come knowing, oh, I'm not going to get any of this. I just don't get it, but that's okay. And, and what happened today was that I was just really physically just like a big ball and I've in my chest and I finally I finally figured out that it was gratitude it was just real gratitude for the ability to hear what you say to really hear it for it not to be just intellectual or just words and so you know it's just like oh my god that is such a gift 
And then I thought, well, what am I letting go of? What am I letting go of? Well, doubt. And that is really a big one for me anyway. I mean, in all areas of my life. Mm -hmm. So... um, so I just, I can't, okay, all right, so I need to remember this because I'll probably forget, forget it on the way home, you know, so. But I don't think I will forget it. Great. Um, I think I, I let it soak in and I kind of just kept saying, yeah, you don't need to doubt anymore. Great. You don't need to doubt anymore. And I, I, just, um, I just can't thank you enough. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, we, and probably it doesn't uh, disappear overnight. It probably won't disappear overnight, but watch the fading of it. It'll probably start to fade. And appreciate that fading. It'll have less and less power over you. Thank you, Mary. Okay, anybody else before we end? Yes? <laughs> I feel that when we were talking about stability before, and the more, I, I, in time, I've noticed this whole process that the more stability that I feel, the more I'm not afraid to look at all the things that, <clears throat> that I want to control, that I'm afraid of, or that all, you know, all that keep me all contracted that I'm, I feel like I'm more open to looking at it, doesn't seem as frightening, and then it's easier to let it all go. So it's just this amazing process. And as you were saying, it kind of gets deeper, you know, as time goes on, it starts to make more sense. So I'm really grateful for mm, that. That was well, sa- well said. Thank you very much. Last chance. I feel like I didn't follow the instructions. Um, I was pretty quiet with thinking all day, but during this last session, I thought if someone asked me to do something a couple of days ago, and I don't want to do it. And during the sitting, I thought of three, three really good reasons for not doing it, and I felt peaceful with the whole thing. So being quiet earlier put me in a place where I could see what decision was emerging mm-hmm. for me and uh, I was glad for that. Nice. So there's wisdom, deeper understanding possible sometimes when things have ceased or faded away. Good. Okay. Thank you all very much. So um, I think we have two more uh, days in this series. And um, I think that's right. But uh, next time, well, We'll uh, touch into the last of the 16 steps, which has this um, great word, um, relinquishment. So it's a very uh, curious word, relinquishment. And um, it's not letting go, it's, it's not seizing, it's not, it's, it has a different connotation, a different meaning, different value. So we'll go through and talk more about breath meditation and how it works and and then we'll explore this whole world of relinquishment. I think it has a lot to do with wisdom and strength and personal power. Um, this practice that we do is not supposed to leave us with nothing. It's supposed to leave us with a certain kind of capacity for confidence and strength and, 
ability to be in the world in an effective way. Um, so I think and relinquishment is part of all that. So um, thank you for coming and being here. I appreciate it a lot. Appreciated your engagement and involvement. It's the custom here at IMC that it's the people who practice here who care for the place, who tidy it up, keep it clean, you know. And it's, I think it's an important part of what we are here at IMC, that there's a, that um, there's not a them here, it's all us. And there's something very maturing, I think, of, about the practice. Part of the practice is to care for the practice place. So in that spirit, uh, we asked for about seven volunteers at the end of these days to do some of the basic tidying up that should happen. It takes about 10, 15 minutes to clean the bathrooms, the kitchen, vacuum this floor perhaps. Um, do we have uh, seven or so people who are willing, willing to stay for a few minutes? So one, two, three, four, five, six, 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 seven. Thank you. And uh, Bill is the manager now. So you, you can coordinate with him about you know, where to go and he can, he can give you some guidance if you need it. And, um, and uh, uh, gather your cups. Uh, if you use a ceramic cup, go ahead and wash it, dry it, put it away, or a paper cup. Uh, please put those in the composting. Um, and, uh, and yes, see me about uh, the task you've volunteered for. Thank you. Great. Thank you all very much.